Okay, so we are going to be learning the Tiferes Shimshon, which is Rabbi Shimshon Pincus' Sefer on the Parsha. This week's Parsha is a double Parsha, Nitzav Mayelach. And we're going to be discussing a Pasuk pretty early on in Nitzavim. But pretty early on in Nitzavim really means that you're halfway through the Parsha, because it's a very short Parsha. Uh, and Mayelach um, is even shorter. Nitzavim is 40 Parsha, 40 Psukim, and Ayelach is 30 Psukim. And this week, Mitz Hashem, my son will be leaning both, and everybody is invited uh, to come for uh, davening on Shabbos and a Kiddush and Mitz Hashem afterwards. Thank you. So, at the beginning of the parsha, it says, and I'll read it to you in the Psukim here, Penyesh Bachem Isha Isha, Aymishbacha Eshevet. Perhaps there is among you a man or a woman or a family, or a tribe, asher levavoy paineh hayayim Hashem elekeinu, that their heart turned away from being with Hashem, our God. And they want to go and serve idols of the other nations. Perhaps there is among you a root, like R-O-O-T, Flourishing with gall and wormwood, which means that means that there is a, a curiosity that a person has some root like deep down inside of him. He has a desire to learn about the abominations of the Kananim, but the root will flourish and produce heresies that are bitter and harmful as gall and wormwood, meaning. Uh, it starts out as a curiosity, so you think that it's a safe thing to engage in. Like, I'm just curious, but before you know it, it's going to sprout and flourish with all types of kfira and apikursas. And this is, by the way, um, this is not what we're talking about this evening, but this is why it's so important to veer away from seeing any uh, of a desara type of material. Sometimes... We have a curiosity. We might uh, on online. Maybe there's some websites that speak about um, you know other theologies, other religions, other uh, and it's maybe you're, you have some curiosity. So what's the big deal? Let me learn a little bit other you know alternate uh, religions. Um, but it's a very dangerous thing because the pasuk is saying that that curiosity, once you plant that root inside of you you really don't know where it's going to sprout. It could go crazy. And I've seen it with my own eyes many, many times uh, in yeshiva with Talmidim. Like it started out with an innocent, uh, uh, an innocent um, being uh, exposed to some website. It could be even a Jewish website that was somebody with some bad hashkafa, bad axe to grind, etc., and before you know it, the guy is not keeping Shabbos and he's leaving yeshiva and he's doing who knows what. And I could tell you a lot of horror stories. I don't think you want to hear them, but uh, just be careful with your curiosity because curiosity very often spawns uh, Reish and Lana are like bitter herbs, things that you don't even want to imagine that could come about as a result of that curiosity. You know, every case, I guess, is different, but I would still advise that person. If you want to be, uh, you want to be a religious Jew, so then just study the religion. If you're, 
I don't know what, what would be accomplished by comparing and contrasting Judaism with Christianity. If you're interested in Judaism, so embrace it. If you're... Okay, you know, listen, if it helps them, I guess, you know, if he's not, I'm not talking about Bali Truva that are on, you know, the precipice of, of jumping, and I'm talking about, I'm talking to B'nai Taira that already have a background and are, you know, on hopefully good, firm ground, and now they're exploring other things. It's a, it's a very, very dangerous uh, place to go. The next Pasuk says, V'haya b'shamei azais, and it will be when he hears the words of this, this klala that's going to fall before you, what's going to happen? When I hear the words of the klala, like the teichacha, the admonition that we spoke of, that we lay in last Shabbos, he's going to bless himself in his heart and say, Shalom yeli, peace be with me. Though I walk as my heart sees fit thereby adding the water upon the thirsty, which basically means, it's a fancy way of speaking, but it means that I'm going to say, by me, everything is fine. I know that there is teichacha, I know there's klalos that the Pasuk says is going to happen, or maybe I've even seen the klalos, but I say, shalom yeli, by me, everything is good. I have to worry about it. That Hashem isn't talking to me, he's talking, about, talking to everybody else in the room, he's not talking to me. And this is where a pinkus, uh so beautifully goes into detail and depth about what is going on in this Pasuk. After the terrible, tragic Teichachas that we lay in last Shabbos, which really rem- is very reminiscent of the Holocaust. If you look through these Psukim, you see like Psukim after Psukim that really describe like the, uh, in gory detail, whatever you know, Hashem promised in the Teichacha in a negative way, a lot of it came true in the Holocaust. You see it, terrible, terrible uh, atrocities that were being uh, committed against our people. V'hoya b'shamay adayin kaim ha-chashash p'nyesh p'nam sh'resh p'ravilanesh After all those calls, you still might have some curiosity about what's going on with the other with Avedizaris in the world. Everything is good. Peace be unto me. I believe in everything that it says in the Teichacha. I see that the Torah is really punishing people that are doing wrong. But nevertheless, Yevatel b'meiche yad es kal roishem advarim v'yem v'pashtos Shalom yeli ain hadvarm naigim People say, and this is something that we do all the time, we could see terrible tragedies happen. We can go on our, uh, you know, on, on, our, on the news sites, the Jewish news sites, and you'll see that there is a terrorist bombing, Rahman al-Assan, today. My daughter is in Yerushalayim now in, in, in seminary, and she called me to tell me that everything is okay, but she was on a bus, and she was very near Sharyafa, and today Sharyafa uh, had a terrorist attack. When we see those types of news reports, even a terrible news report, even like crazy, you know, things that with mass casualties, not that today's wasn't crazy, I don't even know what, I didn't really see what happened, she just told it to me, but like, if there was, uh, everything is a tragedy, but like, what does it do when we see these things? 
when we're when we're you know or in or in the United States if we see a, a tragedy that happens in a shul in uh, in Pittsburgh or the chayena v'chayena what happened in Meron some things I guess you know strike closer to home hit closer to home but very often and correct me if I'm wrong a lot of us just have this attitude that it's not nagaya to me I, I feel sort of bad but like. You know, you just keep scrolling down to see the other stories. Okay, but what's Trump doing today? What's he saying today? It doesn't affect us. But how can it not affect you? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sending us signs and messages that, you know, we have to do tshuva. But yet a person has this attitude, and the Torah really says it very clearly, Shalom it doesn't affect me. Peace is unto me. I'm, I'm good. I'm healthy, Baruch Hashem. I wasn't in the terrorist attack I am able to move, I'm able to walk and talk, and my family is okay. So it was, the message was not addressed to me. Maybe it was addressed to other people, maybe people in Israel, maybe people in Pittsburgh, but it's not me, I'm not, I don't live there, it's fine, I'm good. And this is what we have in our lives that constantly uh, repeats itself. When a person encounters problems in life, what you should do is it should be it should be a you know a, a message that was sent directly to you to take heed and to understand that to do tshuva to come back to Hashem. Let's say when a person does experience uh, bad news, tragedy in his community, in his world, and if you don't do tshuva, if you don't wake up and be alarmed by that, and you're not gonna, it's not gonna sit by you, it's not gonna, it's not gonna sink in. The avera is gonna be greater. And the Einish is going to be doubled, Rachman al-San. The Einish is going to be even more severe. And if you don't chap, that the reason why we're going through Tsaris is because of our sins, but rather you say like the Plishtim said in Shmuel Aleph, it's just a, it was just a Mikra, it's just happenstance, just happened to happen. It's not, we shouldn't take any messages from that. With that, Hakadosh Baruch Hu's anger is going to be in, in, inflamed. When a person gets a message, and sometimes the message is subtle, and sometimes the message is in your face, sometimes it's a very simple message. Sometimes it might be a message of, uh, you know, something, uh, you know, just went really bad. Sometimes, you know, you have days, uh, times today I felt like it was one of those days you just wish you hadn't gotten out of bed. Something happens, whatever, without, you know, just, you just feel like it's not going well. Things just are not, some days are perfectly smooth and sunny. Some days they don't go well. When things don't go well, that might be a message, probably will be a message to you that, you know, 
if you want them to go well, you got to do something. You have to shape up. You have to stop doing certain averas. You got to do more mitzvahs. You got to do tshuva. Sometimes it's much more pronounced. Sometimes a person has a real sickness or a family member has a sickness. Sometimes a person um, gets into a car accident. Um, but whatever it is, there's always a message that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sending. We don't have Nevi'im anymore to tell us directly what Hashem wants from us, but we do have messages that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if your eyes are open, if you're an observant Jew, and you notice when things, when, when things are strange, and all of a sudden, boom, like, you know, sometimes it's like a direct message to you. You have to be able to open up your eyes and say, okay, I get it. I understand this is Musr. Hashem is sending me Musr. It's Teichacha, and I'm going to try my best to change. What does that change involve? Whatever we're doing wrong. Every person has their own Yitzharis, has their own Averis that they have to try to deal with. And whatever it is, Hashem is sending constant messages. Sometimes we're just oblivious to those messages. But if you're, if you're not oblivious to those messages and you're, you're hearing them, then you have to do something about it. And if you just brush them off and you say, Shalom Yeli, that everything is good, baby, everything is fine, don't worry about it, nothing to see here, then you have to be very careful because HaKadosh Baruch Hu gets frustrated with you, Kaviachal, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu could double down on the Einshim because you're not getting it. It's much better to try to pick up on the messages early on and try to deal with them. It doesn't mean you have to have a, a drastic life change. Something that's just tweaking a little thing here, a little thing there. And, you know, if we have weakness with, uh, I don't know, just to use a very sanitized example, our Lashon Hara has a lot to, you know, ha- has a lot of improvement to do, and we know it, and we feel like something is happening. Sometimes I used to have, like, whenever I spoke Lashon Hara, like, I got, all of a sudden, my tongue started to hurt, or I got, like, a blister developing on my tongue. I don't know if anyone else had that, but like, it was a clear sign from Shemaim that, you know, you don't have to be in the stipler to figure out that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's sending me a sign that, you know, stops, you know, sometimes a person stubs their toe or, or worse, that's a sign that maybe, you know, we're, we're going places that we shouldn't. Maybe if our eyes are hurting, it's, we're, we're, we're looking at things that we shouldn't. There's always, but there's always signs, and we have to, when we get those signs, when those messages are being sent to us, we have to respond to those messages or else it just, perhaps, chas v'shalom, could get worse. What happens if you don't understand what a sign is telling you to stop doing it, to start doing it? So it's like, unclear. Right. So there's a Chaim that speaks about that. Like sometimes, like you just said, sometimes it's like obvious, you know, like you speak Lashon, you get a little blister on your lip, on your tongue, you know that it's probably going to be Lashon Hara related or something uh, maybe, you know, we're saying Nivopah, we're uh, being Maitzi Shema, whatever it is, but it's something to do with our, that's not rocket science to figure out. And if our hand is hurting, you know, do something, you know, something with our hand, whatever. But sometimes it's like a lot of things all over. Like, let's say a person gets into a car accident, and now he, he's got a bump on his head, he's got a, so the, his, you know, he sprained his arm, he hurt his leg. So now what do you do? Now you just gotta, like, go, how do you know? So the Nefesh Chaim says, that in that case, Tyra is probably what we have to work on because Tyra is like a, a trufa for everything. Tyra is the, the remedy for all, all things. And so it always, it's always a good idea to double down on Tyra. That always is a very good machaper. But if we know 
that we're doing something wrong, never say, Shalom Eli, it's fine, it's not, it's not negated to me, it's, you know, the problem isn't mine, it's somebody else, you know, got sick, somebody else got into an accident, somebody else said that. Always try, if you can, to take things a little to heart. Again, not to, you know, have to, you know, go crazy, but just try to tweak little things. Hashem is not expecting us to, to do a massive overall. That's very hard for us to do. Maybe back in the day, the Jews of old, our grandparents, our great-grandparents were able to do that. Today, we're very fragile. We can't do too much, but we could do a little. And we could try to be macabre on ourselves to not look at a certain thing or not look at it so often or to filter our, our internet or to, uh, you know, to, to be more makbid on, uh, on Hilcha Shabbos, Shmiris Halashen, whatever it is, whatever the thing that you feel you need the most. So work on that a little bit. Learn a little bit about it and, and, and try to respond to the alarm because if you're not responding at all, it's a very, very bad thing as the psukim here uh, really speak out. Let's just, um, I want to skip down. He, spe- he brings a riot to this from Paray. Uh, you could look at it on your own. I really want to just cut to the chase, if we may. Ube Emes, last paragraph. Anu niskalem azu We are, we trip up in this issue, in this problem, in this experience every single day. Don't say that, all right, this vibe was really not Practical, you know. Last week maybe it was bad. This I don't. I didn't get anything from. Every single person, Rapinkus is saying, has problems, has issues with this. If it's in our vicinity, or if it's chas v'shalom in ourselves. We just march on in life with the same, with the same direction, without changing one iota. As if this matter, it's totally. It doesn't pertain to me. It pertains to everybody else but me. We don't even think. Maybe it's negated to me. Maybe I could have sending me a signal, a message. That in order that he's sending us, he loves us. He doesn't want us to, to hurt our hand, to get a blister on our lips. To, he wants us to what? He wants us to come close to him. He wants us to do tshuva. He wants us to, to, to warm up our heart to him. And so he asked, how is he going to get our attention? What would you do if you were God? There's a book by Arya Levin, when I, Arya Kaplan. When I was a kid, I always felt like it was such a, it was like too strong a title. But the title was, If You Were God. And I don't really know what the book was all about. I just know the title. But it sort of, I guess, is about the world uh, from God's perspective. And you have to sometimes wonder, let's say you were God for a minute. And, and you wanted to get somebody in Lander College's attention. Because they're not doing everything they could. They, want, they, they should be doing more. They should be improving. They should be learning better, davening better. They should be you know, being more nizzer in certain things, and they're not. What do you do if you're God? How do you get their attention? Like, what would you do? You have to, you have, Mamash have to like put a kvittel in his, in his sitter and say, hey, buddy, you know, this is what you're doing wrong. Unfortunately, we don't have that, you know. Pillow. What? Under his pillow. Under his pillow? Right, what do you do? Where do you put it? 
You know, somebody came to me the other day and said, you know, Rebbe, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I'm very frustrated. I don't know what... I said, I know, I wish that, you know, every baby that was born had a little kvittel in their belly button. You know, you pull out, doctor, lawyer, mashkiach, you know, doesn't happen. You've got to figure that out for yourself. Nobody knows. There's ways to sort of, by process of elimination, the chayvis lavavis gives us some ideas how to whittle down exactly the, the options, at least, but... Who knows? You're afraid that you go up to Shalayach and Meib, ask them they're going to have tightness on you for not being a Rashiva or not being a doctor or not being a... We don't know. All we have to do is go through... We don't have, these, we don't have this information. So how does HaKadosh Baruch Hu convey? If he wants us to do tshuva, how does he... How does he you know, if my, I want my son to improve, I know exactly how I, I convey that. But if Hashem wants us to improve, how does he convey that to us? The answer is that he sends signals, he sends signs. Sometimes they're very benign and like very sweet. It might be like, you know, you're in a vad sometimes and like all of a sudden the vad is like mama shading home. Sometimes some people tell me sometimes that my shmuzen or my vadna are so, you know, they're so on the mark. Like every time, you know, a person is having a certain issue, a certain challenge, there is Bamberger and speaking about it. But it's not, I'm putting, Hashem puts, I guess, those messages sometimes in my, in my mouth, and then somebody listens in two years from now, something that I'm saying tonight on the internet, and they're going to, and it might inspire them exactly what they need then. But it's not, it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu using people as their mouth, as his mouthpiece, or sometimes using, um, you know, Svarim, what you're learning in Svarim, or sometimes something you listen to on, you know, in a shir, or in, uh, or in, in you know, or a friend might say something to you and you say, wait a minute, that's so weird. And it happens all the time. You just have to have your eyes open. There's constant messages being sent to you. You might be seeing a bumper sticker on a car in front of you. You might be seeing a, a, you know, a name on a, driver, on, a, on a license plate. And it's a, it's a message to you. And it's only to you. But you have to be able to be aware to say, show me. And there's something in, in, in the world of psychology. Any psych majors in the room? Oh, you're just, you're a newbie psych major. Have you taken any, consider, anyway, there's something called cognitive dissonance. Have you gotten to that yet? Anyone know what that is? So cognitive dissonance is, um, I think it's basically that a person doesn't own up to, to, to something, even though it's quite clear that you know, it, I'm ta- that the that the message is to you, but it's it, you, Mama Shalomieli. It doesn't. It's not like it. the the greatest example of this is you see people in in airports. Let's say in Mangurian airports, they're buying these in the duty free shops. They're buying these huge cartons of cigarettes, and on the cigarettes in like a size thirty eight font, it says either something like cigarettes will cause cancer, and then there's going to be like a picture of a really diseased lung. Or cigarettes will, you know, will, may, will cause your baby deformities. Or cigarettes will make you die, you know, 20 years, whatever it is. And you see a guy just bringing it to the counter, swiping his credit card, and, you know, and taking it with him, going into the, into the smoker's lounge and smoking. You didn't see this, you, you didn't read, you don't know how to read? What's the answer? He'll, he admits that this is true. He's not denying that... The, the medical facts on the ground is that smoking does cause cancer and that it causes emphysema 
and it causes high blood pressure, and it's disgusting habit, and it's everybody hates smokers, and it's uh, you know there's absolutely nothing good about smoking. Period. But yet he smokes. What? What's he thinking? So the easy answer is he's just addicted. He can't help himself. But psychologists say that's not the pshat. I mean, it might be also that he is addicted and he can't stop even if he wanted to, but even before he is addicted, a person has cognitive dissonance, which means that it does cause cancer, and everybody that smokes is really stupid. But I'm going to smoke and it's not going to affect me. I'm the one guy that's going to smoke and nothing bad is going to happen. It's not going to cause me cancer, it causes other people cancer. This is something for other people, it's not for me. And this is true for alcohol, it's true for drugs, it's true for, for you know, all types of addictions, gambling. You think it's, gonna, it's not going to ruin my life or it's other people's lives, but it's so not true. And people engage in very dangerous behaviors and lifestyles, and they, they do things that are reckless, but they don't feel that it's, it's something that pertains to them. There's a great story that I, I love, I think Rabshalom Shrajan used to say it, that there was a Magid that came to town, a traveling Magid, and the way it used to work with Magidim was that they would go from town to town, there were great preachers, great speakers, and they would put a pushka you know, on the, on the bima, and they would give a fire and brimstone talk, and whoever, if you enjoyed it, if you got enough from it, you got, you were inspired, you put some, you know, some coins into this pushka, he goes to the next town, and that's how he made his parnasa. So, one time, this Magid was in a city, and he had a packed crowd, the whole room was full, and he was saying, tremendous musr, very, very fine brimstone musr, very kharif. And he was saying, everybody in this city is going to someday die. And the whole room like, was birthed, as Nashim was going bawling, and Kleenex were being passed out, and the men were like, ayvei, and like, you know, terrible. And then, you know, he says it again for emphasis, and everybody's going crazy. There's one guy in the room, in the back of the room, and he's like just going like this. He's like looking at his watch, like when is this thing going to be over? He's not affected at all. Now the Magid like focuses on this guy. He couldn't care less about the hundreds of other people in the room because now he wants to inspire that one guy. And again, he like goes even in a higher decibel. He says, everybody in this town is going to die someday. And like again, everyone's screaming. This guy is just like, <sighs> and he can't understand it. Viter again, everyone's down. Everyone's down, and he keeps saying in fifty different ways, different languages, different. And the guy's just not moved. So then you know, the speech is over. Everybody comes and like gives him mishkayach, and they're putting money in the pushka, and he couldn't care less. He goes, he makes a beeline straight for that guy in the back of the room, and takes him by the lapels and says, buddy, I'm the best speaker out there. The entire room was shaken to the core. They're doing tshuva, they're, they're giving tzedakah, they're doing... And, and you, you weren't moved. You were just like, you were the only gailam in the room that wasn't, that didn't get any, that, that no impression was made. He says, yeah, that's true. He says, well, explain, I need to know. This is my, you know, this is my business. I need to know what I did wrong. He said, I'll tell you what you did wrong. He says, you kept saying, everybody in this town is going to die. He says, I'm not from this town. I'm from a different town. I didn't, you weren't talking to me. And we're that guy. Because no matter what it is, 
if I give a speech in a room, or if I'm in a room and I'm here, forget me giving the speech, a lot of times I'm the one in those chairs listening to speakers. I'm listening, you know, to Shirim online, and they're giving good musr. And they're saying the truth. They're telling me as it is. You know, you have to do tshuva. You have to, you have to know shas. You have to bekiyas and be'ian and halacha. And you know, and shmir shabbos kelchas. And you got it. And they're all right. But I, you shut it off, and it was inspiring. It was gavaldic. But how many people step away from the shmuz or from the shir or whatever it is and really change? Very, very few, if any, because of this pasuk. Shalom Yeli, a person says, it's not, he's not talking to me. He's not talking to me. He's talking to the guy next to me, but he's not talking to me. And this is the most dangerous problem that we have. We have blinders on our eyes, and we think that everything by me is good. I have no, nothing to change. I don't have to do, I don't have to learn Musar. I don't have to, you know, improve. And I'm doing my best. If you would only know where I came from, you would be very impressed you know, with where I'm holding now in life, you don't know me, don't judge me, and of course, nobody is judging you. But we're talking about us, ourselves, to ourselves, and b'chadri chadarim, like when we're talking to ourselves, and we just have to realize sometimes, and again, right now, I'm not talking to anybody in this room, I'm just talking to myself, because you have to grab yourself by the lapels, and you have to, like, say, what are you doing? Like, when are you going to wake up? It's almost Rosh Hashanah. Did you do, a, an, like, a scintilla of of tshuva, a little tshuva, a little mustard, did you improve in any way? No. So what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for Rosh Hashanah, it's going to get better? You're waiting for Rosh Tshuva? Yom Kippur, Ne'ilah? Like, when is it going to happen? You have to, you know, beat the Yom Kippur rush and do tshuva now. Like, not, don't wait, don't procrastinate. Don't, when you hear something that is nagaya to you, and nagaya to me, we have to, like, say, okay, that was good, I'm going to change. Because as soon as, if you don't do that, if you don't determine immediately to do something concrete, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, Yashkayach Rabbi, beautiful, Shira loved it, and then, boom, back, back into the saddle of our old ways. And that's tragic. We do it all the time. We do it all the time. And, and this is such a fundamental piece by Rapinkus. He's really just speaking out shot in this passage, but he does it, of course, in his inimitable way, in his beautiful way. But a person has to really, as Rabbi Yaina writes in one in Shaitruva, he says, If a person doesn't inspire and motivate and uplift himself to do to do change, Ma Mayal Hamusarim, all the Musar Shmuzin, all the Musar Svarim, all the Musar Starim, all the Sikhot, all the Shmuzin, all the Vadin, nothing. It has to start and end with us recognizing we have a problem, we, we could do better, we must do better, and then try to change again a little, just a little, not a lot, a little. And that would be a tremendous way of going into Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur by showing HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm not blind to the messages that you're sending me, I'm not deaf, I'm, I'm able, I see them, I hear them, I know that you want me to change, and Hineni, I'm going to try my best to change in whatever department I know I need to change them. And every single person has their own unique taivas, challenges, yetzaharas, weaknesses. What's mine is not yours. What's yours is not his. Everybody has their own thing. That's why you can't even like, it doesn't matter what one person's weakness is another person's strength and vice versa. But we know 
If we were able to take a piece of paper on our own and write down a list of things that we need to change, we know we could write down a list of five, ten things. So maybe it's a good idea to do that and, and try to whittle, just try to do a little, a little before Hashanah and Yom Kippur so that we're not guilty of this pasuk of Shalom Yehli. Everything is good. Fine, it's fine. Everything is nothing, no problems. It's good. Life is good. What do you mean life is good? Don't you see what's going on in the world? Don't you see the, the breakdown of society, how, how much tragedy there is, how many sick people there are, how many people that die young? You, you know, all right, but it's not me. So obviously the message is not sent to me. It's not negated to me. I'm from out of town. It's not, I'm not from this town. And that would be you know, a very, very uh, heinous crime, I guess, in a way, that we could commit, not to Hashem, but to ourselves, because we want to change. We want to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the way to do it is just by, when you hear something, let it be you and try to immediately act upon it a little bit, improve a little bit, and that would be giving HaKadosh Baruch Hu exactly what he's expecting.